0: Sounds good on your end? Sound absolutely amazing, man. That is phenomenal. So, Emmanuel, you just came back from a performance at Western University today. You came to London, Ontario, uh, and now you're here at Radio Western. How does it feel? How was the performance?
1: Amazing. I just had a great time. The students showed me so much love, the faculty, and I shared my
0: experience. It was awesome.
1: hmm Yeah.
0: And I think, you know, so I host a show on Radio Western, actually. It's an Afrobeat show, so I like to play some African music. My parents are from East Africa. Down, uh, Yeah. Paragani. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still working on it. They don't know as much. They know more. I, I'm, I'm getting there, though, you, you got it. I'm Paragani. I was just in yeah, Luzuri, man. It's your son. But it's nice because I've been in London for the past three years studying and you know, I see a lack of culture, a lack of diversity. So I really want to introduce people to this new genre of music, this mm-hmm. new this mm-hmm. new culture. Really, so you coming in today and even performing at Western to the to the university. So we really appreciate it, and and I'm glad to know that it went well. And how did you find the the university itself? Were they welcoming and the students and everyone? It was it was a good time. I had a great time. It was a great
1: welcoming. The mm-hmm. the vice president for EDI, you know, yeah, equality, uh, and diversity inclusion was there and, yeah. and the members that are working in that department so it's just like an, an
0: amazing warm welcome so mm-hmm. you can see the joy from our faces and our heart you know yeah for sure so i guess just to start off the interview um there's been some amazing stuff said about you as i was doing some research um in her opening remarks actually for um the northeastern students forgiving uh rebecca Ricio she calls you one of a handful of people in the world whose humanity is so deep that it transcends language culture and geography so wow. just just based on that quote you know it's, <laughs> that's it's, it's an honor man So, so I really honor. thank you to it. her that's amazing so i guess through your various experiences what what really inspired you to to get to the place that you are right now at, right? and, and uh can you talk a little bit about that and after getting a taste of this inspiration of music of art and of culture and really sharing sharing your life's experiences how do you manage to get involved how do you take that next step well, i would say what brought me this far is the pain i
1: experienced from the past you know There's there's a tremendous uh, force or sets of emotions that the experiences that you experience gives. You know, when we detach our emotion from the pain of our past, then we're able to see the values it brings us. And that's what gave me the freedom to be able to share my experiences. Mm -hmm. But it's not just only sharing my experiences just for the sake. Not just to inspire, but it's just to, to keep the candle burning, to put a spotlight mm. in a dark place, because I believe when you put a spotlight in a dark place, the evil perform less. And so it's, it's a journey that I've been learning a lot, and what are the principles I'm sharing is the things that I've learned in my lowest moment and how I apply them like. like for example, imagination, how imagination uh, helped me as a kid and how what I imagine I believe, and believing it, finding a way to make it happen. And so, and those are the things that I incorporate in sharing my experiences. Mm-hmm. You know, imagine, uh, not only imagine, because I've been born in difficult time, being born in a traumatic experiencing. Uh War happened, reached the call of my family. All my aunties died during the war. All my aunties, except two. My mother has been claimed by that war. Age of seven, my father gave me out and told me I'm going to go to school in Ethiopia. We ended up becoming a child soldier. And so now being in a place where as a child you don't feel safe and everything, the soul of your village robbed
0: mm-hmm. from you.
1: Mm-hmm. You robbed your childhood. And so... But now detaching my emotion from that pain and connecting myself with my purpose, I was able to find a meaning
0: in that suffering, you know? And that's why I'm able to move forward. Mm-hmm. And honestly, that was amazing. Thank you so much for that. And you talked about kind of this idea of the candle burning and keeping keeping this imagination going. So obviously, I, it's evident through your music and through your songs and your art. What are some other mediums you use to really express that imagination and and kind of tell your story and your experiences, and how are you still learning that through your through these various mediums and over the
1: time? You see, what I find fascinating about imagination and then believing what imagining and finding a way to achieve it is, what was easy for me as a kid was to draw something. Mm-hmm. But I did not develop that aspect. So and one day I said, I'm going to rap. I was kicked out of studio. I go off beat, Given my money, get the hell out of here. But I keep going asking, what's the best way to do it? Who can show me how to do this? And finally, because I would lie down and then imagine myself as someone rapping and using that platform to speak about my countries and the atrocities that happened there and putting a spotlight in those causes I believe in, here I am, I'm a rapper.
0: Yeah. Uh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. So I guess it's kind of similar to my story, actually, like in terms of the, you know, finding finding this part that you're passionate about and kind of working with it. Like for example, with with the radio, like I've always listened to to African music because my parents always put me on, and um, I wanted to find a way to, to put other students in the university onto it, but I really didn't know how to like mix music or have a radio show, and like you know, I had African food all the time. I didn't know how to like bring it into other people and show other people. So I, I spent hours just like shadowing other DJs and learning how to mix. So just hearing your story <laughs> that you that you know, you started from this level and you worked your way all the way to the top. And you know, like Juno nominee and doing TED Talks. Like I, I was reading some of the comments on that video for the TED Talk and people are just so inspired. So it's, just, it's amazing to actually meet you in person, hear, hear about these stories. And I, I even know through your other experiences, you've done some charitable work like your charity, Go Africa. And uh, you founded the Lose to Win Challenge with the goal of raising 1.6 million pounds to support education, awareness, and positive change in Africa and around the world. So could you kind of speak to that as well in the charitable aspects of, of your life and, and how you continue to give back? So the Lose to Win Challenge at that time was just
1: taking a challenge. I ate one meal a day wow. and hoping that people would join. It took me 662 days. And finally, we managed to to raise the
0: money and build the school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. And And through GUA Africa as well, and how you're continuing to, to do charitable aspects through that aspect of your life as well. How, how's that been going?
1: So with GUA Africa, it's keep on growing. So mm-hmm. different partners come, different individuals coming to invest and supporting it. And we, we, we put over 2,000 kids in school since the time we began, and now we're hoping to put more. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And in terms of like students like myself, who who are looking to make an impact not just raise awareness but inflict positive change on on communities which traditionally haven't have, have been underprivileged or you know they don't have enough awareness to these communities how can what can we do to act on this and what can we do to help and even to students around western and to students around canada and around the world even what what's advice or suggestions would you give for us to make this change
1: well what they could do is just be them mm-hmm. when you can walk in yourself Every time you invest in yourself to become better, you're making world better. Mm. Because when you smile to the next person, it does. But if somebody want to take it to the notch, uh, at the moment, they can go to www.gua-africa.org, and they can see how they can participate, either fundraising or finding someone that could believe in our cause. We mm-hmm. want to put more children in school. Yeah. For sure. And that's amazing. So
0: thank you so much for that. And I guess pivoting a little bit to uh, your musical journey and some of your songs. Um, on, your, on your song, War Child, you said, My father was working for the government as a policeman. A few years later, a hardy joined a rebel movement that was formed to fight for freedom. I didn't understand the politics behind all this cause. I was only a child. After a while, I saw the tension rising high between the Christian and Muslim regime. We lost our possession. My mother's, my mother's, mother's suffered depression. And because of this, I was forced to be a war child. And you talk a little bit about faith throughout that quote as well. And throughout some of your other songs, you also mentioned this aspect of faith. So what has faith played throughout your music and throughout your life? What role has it played and how has it kept you going?
1: Well, faith is the substance of the things hoped for and the evidence of the unseen. You know, faith is when your heart and your minds are united to get what you desire with a plan, action, and a belief that you're going to get it and so but there's different faiths so to me as a kid that's how i look at faith my faith as a kid is just having faith that things are gonna get better but i became as i grew older i came to read different books and different texts from the buddhism to islam to christianity mm. and i came to
0: realize well faith without action is dead yeah for sure and i guess you talked about it a little bit like christianity and islam and at the end of the day I find, like I'm, for example, Muslims, and I find that there's a lot of similarity between the, the core monotheistic faiths. You know, this idea of one God. Mm. So, um, through your experience, how has that happened? Like through, through your experience of faith, how have you found these different faiths interacting? And what is your view on like how, how that keeps people going in life as well? And, and through well, music? for now, I think my mind
1: expanded because mm-hmm. when as a kid, I hated Muslims and I hated mm-hmm. Muslim, and my desire was was if I get trained, I wanted to kill as many Muslims as possible. That was the perception mm-hmm. I had. Mm-hmm. But what was confusing is we had Muslim neighbors who have always been nice to us. They yeah. never portrayed that. But I, what planted that seed for me to hate Muslims was we were on a track, and there was this Muslim man who started speaking and said, like, you see these black people, they're rabid. uh they're, they're only good for work. They're slaves. Uh, their land was given to us by Allah. And we own everything in it, including them. And so they took our food, and then we tried to get our food. They beat all of us. They beat my mom. I jumped on one of them and I beat him on his foot with my teeth, sunk my teeth deep. And then he did something to my neck and I collapsed. So, from me, and those words and what it did, that time I didn't know what that feeling called, which I later called hatred and bitterness. Are getting specific look for Muslims. But what I found amazing is when I went to Kenya and found Muslims and Christians living together. So there's this Muslim boy who used to share his food with me, always looking out for me. His family comes, he gets me there. But me as a kid, my thoughts inside was, how can I kill this kid to revenge for my family? Mm-hmm. So you see, like, you can see how hum- human beings, you can smile and dance with somebody, but your head elsewhere. Mm. So everything he does, I said, look, you don't know what your people did to me. So education transformed me. My perception was changed. But when I went to school, how I meet different people, and by learning that, that's what I was able to let go. And my perception now, I don't hate Muslims. I don't hate Arabs. I came to understand all human beings are the same. It depends on who's generating a philosophy at that moment and directing to a specific people and, and labeling them so you can take the resources. Mm-hmm. So now I understand when ideas, when the elders have run out of ideas, they'll create philosophies to which they can label other people and exploit them. And so now my mind is different. And so and I, if I was then taken to Kenya and go to school, Probably I'll still be hating Muslims and Arabs, mm. but now I have Muslim friends. Yeah. My documentary was funded by Iranian Muslims. Yeah. This is like Iranian Muslim funding my document, yeah. believing in my story.
0: Wow! <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> you would have never seen this like decades ago, but yeah,
1: yeah. So like, you come to the West, you travel, you go. Oh, look, that was just politics, yeah. you know. Like if you go now, for example, into Israel you'll find is what the government does and how they attach themselves to the faith and the Jewish people, which messes everybody. Yeah. But if you go, you find Palestinian businessmen and Jewish businessmen doing business together. Yeah. Their children playing together in different areas, and you realize what's happening. So you realize who's on power, how they're abusing that faith exactly. to favor them. Mm-hmm. You know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And too often we see, I think, this, this abuse of power and kind of the the things that we're fed isn't really reflective of the environment itself. You know, yeah. we're we're kind of put inside this bubble and we're we're set to believe what people want us to believe. But really, yeah. at the end of the day, the reality is not isn't the same as that. So I think that's a really important note to take away from this, actually. And, and thank you so much for sharing that. And yeah, and I actually
1: read it. the Quran one time. Really, the whole from I think one of the things that transformed uh, even helped in my perspective was yeah. I would read from the end to the end, yeah. and I said, look. Nobody actually practicing what this book is saying. Yeah, and that's it. Yeah,
0: you know. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, it's often, I guess, a vocal minority, you know, that yeah. that kind of m- can misinterpret the yeah. words of it, but but practicing it in its actual word yeah. and its actual meaning, then it's it's truly beautiful, and I think it can yeah it can because have a sense
1: of peace. because one of the things I find interesting, if you understand what Islam means, it's meant to surrender mm-hmm. yourself to the Creator. Yeah. So you surrender, Islam, put your hand up and then whatever you do it's God will. And what's God will? Spreading the love.
0: Yeah. You I know?
1: Understand. And when you look at what jihad means, jihad does not mean you you f- fight people. No. Jihad means surrendering. Yeah. And not allowing evil. To dominate so mm-hmm. you just fight evil yeah,
0: it's a struggle yeah
1: is actually opening jihad again is yourself just yeah. transforming yourself to be a better yeah person to serve
0: Then mm-hmm. i found those things really amazing yeah thank you so much for sharing that and it's amazing to hear i guess i don't know if because
1: you're a muslim if i'm yeah. if i'm making sense no, of what i'm saying it's,
0: it's beautiful to the team <laughs> no it's amazing to even hear that because you know even even here in london how i talked about earlier i think cultural diversity isn't as prominent as like, cause I came from Toronto. So diversity is, is everyone. And you lived in Toronto, so I'm sure you you felt the same, but, um, there's still a lot of work to be done, but, but hearing like people be open to the views about Islam and about culture and heritage. And I guess moving on that point, uh, why do you think it is important to teach about history and culture and, and heritage and people's lived experiences? Because we learn that in university, we learn about history, we learn about different things, different people, but like sometimes people are reluctant to learn about these things. Why do you think it's important that these things are part of the curriculums that we learn? It's important because what happened in the past
1: will happen again. So if mm-hmm. we don't teach it to shape people's perspective positively, it will happen. Mm-hmm. Look at people like Martin Luther King through their imagination and how they shaped the world. Nelson Mandela, you know, Gandhi of possibilities of nonviolence and painting a different picture that we are living in now. Those global leaders, Mm -hmm. what are they pushing forward, Mm -hmm. you know? And so, and and, and look, these people dreamed. At one time, black, brown, could not walk in the same road as the white people. But these people changed everything. Yeah. You look at it from William Wilberforce to now, then what are we, what are we doing to take from what they've done yeah. to move forward yeah. to, for history not to repeat itself? yeah
0: for sure and that actually speaks a lot to my personal experience as well because my dad uh, he's born in south africa so he was there during the apartheid as well Mm. and he he faced a lot of racism and you know there's this idea of like separating the blacks the whites and the colors Uh, then he came to canada and in his early times in canada in like the 70s ish him and my mom they faced a lot of discrimination but now you know you you go to the stores and you just see them interacting so (laughs) fluidly with people of all walks of life in toronto and it's just it's a beautiful sight to see. For me, that's that's all I've known because I grew up in that environment and I've seen people of all walks of life interacting. I like to call my classroom the United Nations right back <laughs> in high school because I'd see people from all walks of life, right? Yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, back in that day, it, was, it wasn't the same, but it's the people that kind of set forward this narrative and being yeah. pushed this idea of inclusivity and diversity and, and welcome, welcomingness. So um. And also what I find is the young people. It's mm-hmm. that time. Right Right now,
1: I don't know what you can tell young people about that and that. That's right now to convert people mind i think even look at the reason of human consciousness we could take for example hitler you know when hitler came to power he tried to get the germans to hit the jews
0: mm-hmm.
1: it wasn't easy one day they did a campaign and said okay nobody should buy in the jewish shops Next day, all the Germans, all the Jews, food was over. The Germans disobeyed it. Mm-hmm. So they sat down again. Okay, look, now how are we going to get these Germans to side with our philosophy? So they we wait. When the world economy crashed, you know, they, the economy crashed, the banking system, everything collapsed. Then they came with a new philosophy and said, look, look, The reason why the money collapsed, it's because of the Jewish people. (laughs) And they're the one who owned all the wealth in in Germany. So we have to create German by German. These people, and then they get scientists to come and say, look, they have a DNA which make them perform like a virus and suck everything, you know? Mm -hmm. So now here, a bunch of people who lost their money hungry, and made them buy into the idea. So when they bought into the idea, that's when they were able to commit those atrocities mm. and so you look like ideologies can be created right now we're still vulnerable as people, you know, even though we have the internet, it just whoever is on power, if they create an ideology today about Indian people, people will believe it mm-hmm. you know because how do we protect ourselves from the future? That's why we have to constantly uh Pump out information, constantly educate, constantly providing content. Mm -hmm. Like the show that you're doing right now, this is an amazing show. It's going to open the minds of the people. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, Thank you very much. And I think that's that's a big point as well, just this idea that in today's day and age, this information, regardless of if it's true or false or valid or not, it's so accessible Mm -hmm. and so easy to find just this idea of misinformation and just people can fall down this one rabbit hole and just be be put in this bubble and only be exposed to this information right and and it it goes kind of to your point that if you're just you're surrounded by this you're forced to believe this rather than understanding you Mm. know what the what the real environment is like or what the reality is so you dabbled a little bit in hollywood and did the the movie the good life uh, with the uh, good life the good life with reese witherspoon so what was that like actually to to see your experiences and your background put onto the big screen and shown to to so many people and choose people to to do your background in history so, it's a movie
1: about the Lost Boys. It wasn't actually my story. But,
0: like, the, the culture
1: itself. The and culture like It the, the was the amazing to yeah, be yeah, part yeah. of it. The energy. Yeah. And how it just brought us back and also set us forward. mm mm-hmm.
0: hmm. wow. And moving on towards the future do you think there's any possibility of you taking on an acting job again or being in any definitely future project? definitely yeah. I'm up and there's a certain thing I'm settling down probably one day I'll
1: go to Hollywood for yeah. for a year yeah to look for <laughs> but the thing is you go to Hollywood you audition you audition you audition you audition mm-hmm. no 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 okay. you send scripts there are always scripts all the time and yeah. you audition and then finally you get the right one yeah yeah.
0: So do you uh still keep in contact with any of your co-stars from that movie? Yeah, some okay. of them. Once in a while, they're
1: yeah. all busy in their own yeah, land. But yeah. I
0: could just say, "Hey, hi, how are you? Yeah, you. Know, wow. Yeah, that's amazing." And in terms of other projects for the future, uh, music. You have a very, very unique musical style. I like to say, like I was doing, a bunch of listening to, to music before the show and everything. And it's very unique, very infectious. I've noticed you have like a, a bit of a techno house influence in some of your songs and dance. It's it's very very infectious. I think that's a good word to describe it. And you managed to combine like love and traditional folklore and various themes with this with this infectious sound. So how would you describe your sound as a developing over time, from when you first started with uh, with your first projects up until now?
1: I mean, it's just moving with the timing. But I still keep the hooks, bass, village. So whichever way I go to hip hop. I'll go to reggae hmm. or whatever it is, you know. I just don't want to be limited to genre, you know. I just want to do what I feel and like at that moment, whichever message I want to pass through that medium. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Oh, awesome. And uh, can we expect any future future projects and sounds from the future? Yeah, coming up? Yeah, and I'm working on new music right now, and mm-hmm. it's going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. And any word on potential future collaborators? Because, I mean, your list of collaborators is very extensive. You work with some very cool artists um, they talk about here. And, uh, and I was reading a little bit about your volume and stuff. Nelly Furtado, for example, Lauren Hill, Ed Sheeran. You work with some some very, very cool people. So I guess potential collaborators for the future?
1: Yes. Yeah, so basically what I'm
0: doing right now is
1: I'm getting young people and collaborating with them and mm-hmm. showing them the step. Mm-hmm. So basically, upcoming musicians. Mm. This is the one I'm spending time
0: on. Mm. And yeah. Really setting setting the path forward for the future. Yeah, right, as well, because really they're going to be the ones making making the music down the line, and you know setting the stage for for what's about to come. Oh, that's amazing. Thank you very much. And um, in terms of your music, how can it be used to promote social change and promote activism in the community? And and it's evident through some of your messages, but. For other aspiring musicians out there and for the future, how you talked about, uh, how can it be used to promote this idea of social change?
1: Well, it's just people sharing, you know, word of mouth, radio station, people getting the sound that vibrates with them and then using it. I believe in one p- impact at a time. Mm-hmm. You
0: impact one life positively, you're impacting the whole world. Mm-hmm. So how did you find this sound then that you talked about? Because you, you just mentioned, like, discovering this sound. How did you find your own sound through this mix of, like, folklore and love and, and infectious dance mixes and techno and that kind of thing?
1: It takes a while to find your voice. So mm-hmm. you have to do a bunch of experiments.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And you continue creating, you know, how to... Before, I never knew how to create hooks. Mm-hmm. But now I'm involved in it. I can create hook
0: in an instant, any moment. mm mm-hmm your creative process then, when, when looking at that, now that you've you found your sound, you you've become like a major player in the industry and you have you have like a bunch of albums out already and a bunch of bunch of songs and records. Uh, what is that creative process like for you in developing the songs from, from bass? Like when you think of maybe like a hook or, you know, coming up with the lyrics, how is that whole creative process like? How does that work for you? So for
1: me like it depends on the mood at that moment, what's happening, what's the challenge. Mm-hmm. I can create any moment, I'm a different artist. So my creativity, I, I could be asleep and the tune come, and I want to go on. I could hear a sound, and that's it. Wow. So I can create I'm a very lucky creative artist. But there was an hour, we were talking about this in the studio there was this guy who really, really made us laugh. He was asked, "How is his creative process?" And what he say for him, he had to put a yoga mat on the ground light up uh, candles take a shower mm-hmm. then sit naked on the mat and write if he doesn't feel an orgasm in what he writes yeah. he'll
0: scrub the paper <laughs> wow <laughs> and start again that's <laughs> nuts oh my god <laughs> I said, that, that, I said, I said, I said like, this is like some <laughs> weird creativity <laughs> that's like taking the creative process to a whole nother level <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard of that <laughs> I said like this is beyond spiritual like yeah, said, not said, fully we're like <laughs>
1: <laughs> Light up candles, yeah. put incenses. Incenses and everything. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I said like there's some serious writing there. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> How did it turn out? What what is his music like or is
1: It's actually it's, it's amazing. If you hear it it sounds good. Wow. But I it's not famous. But that was his yeah.
0: creative process. Yeah. It's effective I guess from from hearing it from you, so wow, that's that's amazing. And I guess from your experiences, you talked about this a little bit just now. But uh, some of the coolest collaborators you've worked with, and some some of the coolest moments you've had throughout your journey in the music industry, and times that you that are really memorable that stick out to you to this day.
1: Um, the coolest is
0: doing stuff with.
1: I've done stuff with Steve Marley. I've done mm-hmm. music with Nelly Furtado, mm-hmm. Nile Rogers mm-hmm. And some clutter, uh, the We One Piece campaign when uh, Alicia Key just contributed our vocals into introducing the video. Mm -hmm. I've done this bunch of amazing mainstream. I can't remember. There's a collaboration of many artists in one place. Yeah. And we did a
0: song together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you would say those are probably like the most memorable experiences you've had throughout your time in music. How do, how does a collaboration like that form? Like getting getting artists at such a such a high level, like you mentioned, for example, Alicia Keys or Nelly Furtado. How does that start, and how do, how do you bring these two parties from two different backgrounds coming together for this one one project? I think you just do your thing, and when you do your thing, and you do it well, uh, some of these people want to be part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in the example of I guess Reese Witherspoon in the movie The Good Lie, how did that come to be, and you acting in the movie and starring alongside her?
1: Well, I was asked to be to help find actors, and then they eventually asked me, and they like... Oh,
0: to be an actor. Yeah. Oh, nice. They just said, could you do this? I tried, and they like it. Mm-hmm. And, and what was some of the aftermath of that movie when it released in terms of, like, I guess publicity, people reaching out to you, maybe there were future projects coming out to you because of your role in the movie, and uh, kind of the awareness of that movie? What was the aftermath of that? It opened more opportunities that I am with right now. Mm-hmm
1: which I am really, really grateful to be in. I didn't want to act before, but Reese was the one who advised me about the possibilities and how things are going to go along after it. And I'm really
0: grateful for that moment. Mm-hmm. Wow. Thank you so much. And I genuinely hope, you know, maybe in the future I can see another project with uh, Emmanuel Jal, maybe a movie, maybe a future album for sure. So I'll definitely, we'll definitely <laughs> uh, the listeners will definitely keep, a, keep an eye out for that and... Um, and see see what's coming in store so what i guess for for the listeners and for your fans what can fans expect from the next project and uh from there, there's the
1: more time. music i'm working on right now so i th- uh, what they can do is just keep keep being on my update mm-hmm. you know right now i'm working on building a private school in south sudan where wow. we can now kids who go there become stars basically mm-hmm. yeah, and that's what i'm pushing on And right now I'm in a stage where I can become an entrepreneur and exercise my imagination in the business world Mm -hmm. and continue being a
0: recording artist. So what message do you have for your fans and listeners around the world? Well, I can say is find your purpose Mm -hmm.
1: because your purpose will give your life a meaning in every stage of your suffering. And when you don't find a meaning in your suffering, you exist to suffer your purpose will put you beyond your imagination, and when you walk in your purpose with clear, defined goals and a burning desire to act, success will follow you like your shadow.
0: Wow, success will follow you like your shadow. I love that. Uh, thank you very much. And I, I actually there was one other question I just passed over, and I really want to ask this as well. Um, coming into the music industry and you know finding your sound and everything, what were some of the biz- biggest uh, musical influences? through your career, who has influenced you? So. A lot, yes. yeah. a lot of musicians. Yeah. You
1: can go from Michael Jackson, yeah. you can go to Bob Marley, you can go to Biggie, you could go to Kanye West, you could yeah. go to DMX, you could go to Felicute, you could go to uh, Kulang from my yeah. village, you can go, because I'm easily, any cool art I hear, mm-hmm. I like, influence me positively. Mm-hmm. I love Indian music. I huh, could go really? to uh, how do you call it? The one they 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 uh they, they dance. Yeah. Where you Bangra? Bhangra, yes. Yeah yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Wow. And Punjabi. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> <laughs> those those go hard, man. Amazing songs, <laughs> love those. Yeah. 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 Um wow so thank you thank you so much for that and um you really you just named i guess the avengers of music some of the biggest names and and you can it's evident you can see it in the music that you that you have yourself and yeah. this this combination of different genres different sounds and a but really strong vibe r- In reality mostly politics influence my music. Yeah sense. of it, course yeah yeah, yeah yeah. So and i guess as the world is shaping as well you know your music continues to shape with it and different things become prominent But as well you stay true to your background and to your heritage and and really, now that I look back at how I started the interview and how Rebecca described you it, as one of the people whose humanity is so deep that it def- descends or transcends uh, language, culture, and geography, it's really come true. You know, you can see it through, through the way you speak and through your experiences and, and how you've developed your, your personal career and your personal journey. So, thank you so much for that. And uh, thank I don't, so don't want to take over any more of your time. I know you're a busy man. And you got that uh, concert coming up as well in London, right? With uh Kill a P. Yeah. Yeah. So, awesome. Thank you so much, man. Thank really you. appreciate it. That should be all. Thank you. Thank it was a pleasure.
1: You had a great interview, man. Thank Hope you. To see-